Oh no! So that's like a. I thought he was talking about being in a ring with gloves. No, no, this is a Barrett movie <laughs> all the way. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! He cuts Ooh. off her. No, Barrett, Barrett's going to watch this movie after we're done. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. everybody welcome to the sincast this is chris atkinson from cinema sins joined as always by the voice of cinema sins jeremy scott oh hey 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 <laughs> and uh for music video sins barrett share yeah he is and uh today we're going to continue our uh, i guess our morbid trek through the people who have died <laughs> since we have started it's a celebration it it's is a celebration a is, it is it is a celebration <laughs> that's correct um there's just no way to be like hey we're gonna go right into this and be excited about it um yeah. <laughs> uh but uh, we're gonna go into 2017 and this is a year filled with uh movie uh actor and director deaths and yeah. we may not even be able to get through it all in this one episode. So uh, let's start us off with Martin Landau. Yeah. How many uh, credits does he have, Chris? Um, he has 179 credits listed Jesus. on the IMDb. Um, most people are probably going to remember him as Bella Lugosi and Ed Wood. That's where he won his Oscar. But yeah. he, of course, was in a ton of stuff. Um uh, North by Northwest immediately yeah. comes to mind. Uh, he's he's like one of the uh, heavy, like the bad guys, henchmen guys in North by Northwest. Um, I'm not really actually familiar with too much of his older stuff. It's not until Crimes and Misdemeanors comes along. Mm-hmm. But he was in Mission Impossible, which, you know, the TV series. Um, he was in all of the big, he was, he was in I Spy, he was in Bonanza. Like he was in all of the big early series back in the fifties and the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so a lot of people are going to remember him from, from those TV days as well. Uh, but once it gets into the, uh, the eighties, I believe that's where crimes and misdemeanors. And I think he may have been even been nominated for that too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tucker, the man in his dream came the year before that. Every, I, I, I think everybody here has seen that, right? Yeah. I don't <laughs> like that movie. No, I don't either. Um, uh, but uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors, Martin Landau is a you know guy kills his wife. And there's, it's a really interesting movie. Just a, Oh, it's so great. It's, it's, it's like a back. It's like two different movies that sort of converge into one by the end of it. It's a, uh, it's, the comedy plus tragedy. It's it's literally two sides of the same coin. Woody Allen's and his typical, you know, impish, uh, making fun of uh, his his wife's boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it played by Alan Alda? I his think boss? so. Yeah, he's yeah. The, he's like a he's like a director <laughs> who's shooting this real self indulgent thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Own life or something. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Woody Allen is is putting it together to where he looks like the asshole that he is, and he gets a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, Martin Landau uh, hires a guy. He's he's cheating on his wife, uh, but otherwise has a great marriage. He's like a orthodontist or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, he he, he uh, so his wife won't find out. He hires a person to go kill his mistress, and uh, and it happens. And it, he's wrecked with the guilt. Mm-hmm. He's so good in this movie. He uh, he plays gravitas incredibly well. And that that last scene <clears throat> of him and Woody Allen meeting at a party and just kind of like shooting the shit mm-hmm. is a beautiful last scene. Uh, for that film because you can see that he's come to terms with it and life will go on. And uh, he probably got away with it. It's very match pointy. Yeah. It came right before me or long before. Match it's amazing how many times Woody Allen uh, has this kind of thing going on in his movie. Yep. Right. Uh, yeah. I said he kills his wife. I met mistress, but, uh, but yeah, this is, I mean, yeah, it's, you don't see that too often though in other kinds of movies where like uh, someone is uh is willing to off their mistress or off their wife or whatever they're usually trying to usually the movie wants to try to get it to where they juggle both the wife yeah. and the mistress all the way through and everything but not in woody allen movies nope um, <laughs> she's going down <laughs> um uh yeah, and then after crimes and misdemeanors, he's not in a lot of stuff that you're gonna you're gonna really remember all that much. It takes until a, well, like ninety threes and Sliver. I don't even remember him in Sliver. Um, <laughs> no, nobody remembers Sliver except for you know the the, the, the sex. Yeah, the sex. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and uh, Tom Berenger saying voyeur really weird. Um, <laughs> and, voyeur. Uh, you're a voyeur. Um, uh, and then there's, uh, and then there's another Sharon stone movie intersection. Uh, he's in, in 1994, but then Ed Wood where he plays Bella Lugosi and it's a, just a terrific, terrific performance, um, mm-hmm. uh, in that movie. Uh, Ed Wood is, is, a. I mean, it's it's very Tim Burton-y. It's it's before Tim Burton's getting into his old I want to remake everything phase. Um it's uh but it's really good. Like even though he he goes off, you know, even though Martin Landau can be a little bit over the top as Bella Lugosi, it works perfectly well for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, I love him in that. Um and then he's in City Hall, which we you know we've talked about a few times. <laughs> hey, uh, you've seen that movie, right, Chris? I know you can recite the trailer, but you you've seen that, right? Yeah, I've seen it, but I, I that's the only thing I remember from City Hall. It's uh, not good, man. It's got a lot of good people in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen it, Jeremy? Oh, I saw it once, and uh, I, I don't think I need to go back. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate that because it's like, what is it, uh, early, uh, mid-90s? Yeah, it's 96. Uh, yeah, 96, which is the basically the prime of John Cusack and – you know, the late prime of Al Pacino and Martin Landau's on a run and no, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was a perilous. I don't, uh, I don't, you know, and the X he's in the X files and I haven't seen the X files in forever. So I don't remember him in there. He's Kurtzweil. Yeah. He's awesome in that. He's the, he's the guy that leads Mulder to the, uh, to the promised land, to the, 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 the aliens and, mm-hmm. and stuff. He's mm-hmm. the informant. And he's really good. In I like that movie. Well, Martin Landau, there's, there's anybody who, who you, 
Martin Landau, if there's anybody that uh, really fits an X-Files, it's that guy. It seems oh, like yeah. he's perfectly uh, tailored to uh, to get to be in an X-Files. So it's no surprise he's in the movie. Um, then there's Rounders. I mean, the, the movie is um, has been seen millions of times by poker players, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he plays Abe Petrosky in there. He is a judge that Matt Damon wants to impress uh before he decides he doesn't want to be a lawyer anymore um uh, halfway through the movie um landau's very good in that movie uh he doesn't have a whole lot of scenes but he's got a couple of really good ones uh in there especially when he helps damon out at the end of the movie yeah, that bar scene is great. You know, it's just <laughs> what's funny is that <laughs> he, he Damon shows up and he's like, you know, what are you drinking? And he's like, gin, gin, always gin. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets a fucking bottle. <laughs> he's sitting there by himself. He gets an entire bottle at the bar. And he's like, all right. And he doesn't look drunk at all. He's just fucking sucking on a bottle of gin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then he shows up in Ed TV, which was the sort of like it, this and the Truman show both came out around the same time. The Truman show was, uh, you know, was about, uh, someone who didn't know that they were on TV and Ed TV is about a guy and his family who always know that, you know, they're, they're, they're cameras around and they're on TV and it follows them. It's Matthew McConaughey and everything. And I, I think Landau plays like, does he play a, like a elderly grandfather or something like He's that? He's the stepdad. I'm going to confess a secret love for Ed TV. Oh, yeah. really? <clears throat> I don't think it's great, uh, but I've probably seen it close to nine or 10 times. Oh, shit. What? Um, McConaughey and Jenna Elfman are just really charming and it takes a completely like he's saying it's it's this is I don't think it's better than Truman Show by a, a stretch at all it's like Truman Show is a superior movie but this is kind of like Wyatt Earp and Tombstone in that you know Ed TV leans way into the comedy and Truman yeah. Show leads much more heavily into the drama and the, the psychology of it um, <clears throat> but uh, Martin Landau has this great moment um where McConaughey basically says, you know, even though you're my stepdad, you're you're my father, and like Landau cries. It's a little, little nice little touching moment, uh, but yeah, this movie is enjoyable to me. Um, I like it. Huh. It's a it's one of these things that makes you think that there are definitely uh, a lot of um, there's definitely like a lot of uh, crossover between of ideas among studios. Uh, when they're making movies, because Dennis Hopper was supposed to play Kristoff in the Truman Show, <laughs> oh, and wow. then he shows up in this movie, and and you know, and it's like it's like how does how was he in he was supposed to be in Truman Show? Then he ends up in the movie that's like the Truman Show the year later. You know, it's uh, uh there's all sorts of like weird coincidences like that. Um. <laughs> Uh, I would have loved to see. I love Ed Harris and Truman Show, but I would love to have seen Dennis Hopper in that role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, Dennis Hopper might have like taken it a step above, though. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to imagine that, and I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Daddy wants to fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, he has an uncredited role in Sleepy Hollow. Does anybody remember him in Sleepy Hollow? 
No, I saw that on on IMDb, and I was like, "Well, that's curious. It might have been something that was cut out." I it may be. I mean, maybe just like a little favor for Tim Burton. Um, uh, There's a bunch of old people in the like elder council or whatever. Uh, Talk about a movie that I like more than most: (laughs) Sleepy Hollow. Oh, yeah. I thought you were about to say Ready to Rumble, which was the next one that I've... No, no, no. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow, I think, is very watchable, especially for a mid to late period Tim Burton piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it since it came out in theaters. Uh, I remember it looking beautiful, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. And it's uh, one of Depp's... Johnny Depp's uh, better latter-day, mid-day uh, uh, performances, too. Mm-hmm. Anyone remember him in Hollywood Homicide? <laughs> I barely remember Hollywood Homicide. Yeah, let's name here. Uh, Who was going... the uh, so it's Harrison Ford and is it Josh Hartnett? Yeah. yeah. Oh Jesus. Um, a lot of stuff I don't recognize. Then City of Ember, which I don't think I ever saw. Uh, I think that's got Sarah Rona in it. Um, was a book adaptation that didn't go over too well. Uh, he was in a few episodes of Entourage. Yeah, he was. Is that something you'd be interested in? <laughs> <laughs> he was good in that. I mean, that that whole arc was uh, was interesting because he had a script that actually was good, but he was such a huckster. Uh, it was a boy who cried wolf type of situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. yeah, I thought he was really good in that. Yeah, I, I think that's a common tale of people uh, in Hollywood who used to like be really like used to be hot and they think they've got this one thing that's going to get them yeah. back and everything. Um, and then the last thing that I really recognize is Frank and weenie, which is the uh, remake, the Tim Burton remake of his own movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and then everything else after that, I'm not quite familiar with uh, except for the, uh, you know, he's in the entourage movie, obviously. Um <laughs> Uh, Speaking but, of not remembering anything, do you remember anything about the Entourage movie? No, I yes, couldn't differentiate it from the I show, do. that's for sure. Oh, you do? <laughs> What'd you say? I said I couldn't differentiate it from the show. Um, no, not really, except it. except you got to throw in Haley Joel Osment uh, in there, and, and Ronda Rousey shows up for some reason. And uh, I unfortunately remember a lot about the movie, uh, <laughs> mainly because that was we went to new york and that was one of the movies that was the movie that was a movie i saw like uh the thursday night opening or whatever while i was out there <laughs> and i just i can't i'll never forget the experience because i was, I was sitting in that auditorium it was a packed house and like it the movie started like 15 minutes late or something and then uh and then like ronda rousey would show up and there was this guy behind me who just kept on going oh my god she's so hot man she's so hot oh my god she's so hot and it's like... <laughs> oh, fucked up oh my god I, uh, I, it's a little bit of a diversion real quick i i started watching that superman and lois show mm-hmm. uh, okay. and it's surprisingly watchable and uh one of the major characters in that is uh, Shikri, Emmanuel Shikri, uh, oh, yeah. Sloan from yeah, Entourage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was nice to see her uh, getting some work. She was in Super Troopers 2, wasn't she? I believe her last name is pronounced Mangelonio. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. There's a lot of silent letters in that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird. Play, she's playing like a mom character, and she was so 
I don't want to sound like an asshole, but like she was smoking hot, like smoking, smoking hot in mm-hmm. Entourage and kind of presented that way. Mm-hmm. That it's weird to see her uh, grow into a different role, but good for her. Good for yeah. her. She plays it well. Uh, Martin Landau died July 15th, 2017 at the age of 89. Good um, run. Good run. Yeah. Uh, Bill Paxton is next on this list. Woo! Man, did he have a career, right? Like we could go, there's, there's a million movies you're going to remember Bill Paxton from. And he was in nine, he has 98 credits according to the IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I'm going to try to find the earliest one that I can find. He's in stripes as a soldier. Do you remember him in stripes at all? Barrett? I do. There's a lot of people that you recognize <clears throat> in stripes. Um, and that, uh, in that movie is my warm comfort place. Uh, I know every little beat of it and mm-hmm. I love it. Um, uh, a lot of people are going to remember him as the punk leader in the Terminator when Schwarzenegger comes up to the gang and he's like, fuck you asshole. And of course, <laughs> you know, it becomes, uh, it becomes, uh, his, uh, Schwarzenegger's like pick, pick me phrase when he's in the apartment and the guy's like yelling at him or whatever. Did we know the extent of the relationship between him and, and James Cameron? Because he's in a lot of James Cameron movies. No, I'm just, I'm assuming that after the Terminator, they just got along really well. And although I'm trying to see, was he in Piranha maybe? Oh, one of those movies that was like back in the day. No, he, he wasn't. He could have been a part of that. um, Oh, Roger Corman. Roger Corman. He uh, may have been a part of that Roger Corman. Uh, uh, he may have done something like that, but I am assuming that it was on the Terminator. It was, you know, there was something that, you know, they, they clicked or something. And it's just one of those weird things. Like, you know, you watch movies like John McTiernan, uh, you see that same guy who plays the cop and die hard. Who's like, um, he plays the, he plays a cop and die hard. Then he plays a, a another cop and die hard with a vengeance. hero and he's in hunt for october and hunt for october he may even have a a bigger role because he's like the um he's like the xo of the dow yeah that's right i forgot that um but um uh a lot of people are going to remember him in weird science as chet that was probably his first iconic role uh uh playing the asshole brother of uh anthony michael hall um and find my asshole brother <laughs> um he there's he has some really funny just moments in weird science mm-hmm. um i don't I, I it's been forever since i've seen commando but he's in that another schwarzenegger movie mm-hmm. um aliens that's gonna be that's another huge huge one aliens um uh you know no one is no one can get through an alien synopsis without saying game over, man, game <laughs> over. Um, uh, he's, he's, he's played that kind of role perfectly in his career. He's not a total asshole in that movie. He's not a total asshole. He's, he's kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, that was his talent is playing right up at that line of like, Oh man, this guy is beyond hope. And then like finding some sort of like tangible, thing in there mm-hmm. and you're like oh hudson's a dick but like now no there's there's something there and he makes it all the way almost to the end mm-hmm. yeah uh catherine bigelow's near dark he's in that he's uh, one of the vampires in near dark mm. um you've uh, seen that right yeah it's a good movie 
That's what I hear. I haven't, I don't think I've seen that. Yeah. I haven't seen it in forever, but I remember it being really good. Um, okay. And then there's a few, I don't recognize next of Ken. Has anybody seen that one? Isn't that uh, a no. Van Damme movie? Swayze no, movie. it's Patrick Swayze. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> no, I didn't. I see remember that. that movie coming out, but I never saw it. I also have never seen, believe it or not, Navy Seals. He's in that. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part of Navy Seals is when it gets made fun of in Clerks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, he shows up in Predator Two. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, here's a movie that I'm going to highly recommend to you guys. If you haven't seen it, one false move, um, mm. uh, Carl Franklin directed it. Uh, Carl Franklin would go on to do a movie called the devil in the blue dress in a blue dress, which was really good. Oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, but Bill Paxton is awesome in that. That's a one false move is a really good movie. You should guys, you should guys see that. Um, it was, uh, it says here it was written by Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and somebody, uh, so he and Billy Bob had a, a, a pretty good relationship too. Yeah. Um, but one false move really good. Uh, the, and then trespass is another, this I've, I think I've recommended this movie before. This is a Jeremy movie all the fucking way. Trespass. I've seen it. Uh, it's been a long ass time, but I do remember smiling basically <laughs> the entire time. It's a fun movie, man. Uh, and he's, and, and, and Bill Paxton and that is just playing as an every man kind of guy. It's nothing like too showy or anything, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, boxing Helena. Has anybody seen that? I saw that. <laughs> I don't doubt it. <laughs> uh, I was disturbed. Yeah, this was the movie that Kim Basinger was supposed to be in, and then she said, uh, no, I'm not going to be in this, and there were a bunch of lawsuits. And, oh, no. Um, yeah. Oh, I just read the, oh, no. Yeah, he cuts off their limbs to keep a prisoner in a box. It's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Oh no! So that's like a. I thought he was talking about being in a ring with gloves. No, no, this is a Barrett <laughs> movie all the way. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! He cuts Ooh. off her. No, Barrett's no. gonna watch this movie after we're done. I he's already he's, he's already finding the stream of it right yeah, now. He's already downloading the torrent. That's right. <laughs> Um, I didn't see Indian summer, but I remember it coming out and I remember that being a, a thing. I remember I that movie getting trailered out the ass mm-hmm. and I never saw it. Oh yeah. Um, and then, uh, Jeremy mentioned tombstone earlier. He's a, he's Morgan Earp in tombstone. He is indeed another, is indeed. uh, Billy, uh, Billy, Bob, Billy, uh, Billy, uh, Paxton and yes. Billy Bob. Yeah. Even though Billy Bob only has like a two second scene. By the way, this also contains Powers Booth, who we'll get to later on. In the yeah, movie. and and he's in another movie with Powers Booth later on too. Uh, Tombstone is the better Wyatt Earp movie. Jeremy is wrong. Don't listen to him. Um, <laughs> starting fights, man. We can just you know talk about the man's work. <laughs> Tombstone is not fifteen hours like Wyatt Earp, and it has much better characters. Uh, Doc Holliday, Morgan Earp, uh, Sam Elliott's mustache. Mm-hmm. None of those and, people. Are, yeah, Morgan Earp and Doc Holliday are not in Wyatt Earp. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the movie Wyatt Earp is about baseball. Yeah, <laughs> it's about it's about it's about Julius Joe Jackson. I mean, you, know, it, it, you can argue that Bill Paxton wasn't the best part about Tombstone, 
Uh, but uh, but yeah, that movie works. It works. He didn't have much to do. That was no, you know, no, no. That was all Kurt. Um, yeah. The next one I recognize on here is True Lies, which is another James Cameron. And man, does he play the slimiest yeah. slime ball in True Lies? Yeah. Oh my God, he says some fucking things in that movie that you can't even quote today. Yeah. That's how bad he is. That yeah, he it's is. Awful. It's fucking awful. But his uh, his characters come up by the end of it is very funny. Um, in uh, he's in Apollo thirteen. He plays Fred Hayes. Uh, he's great in that. That's a, a good straight up role for Bill Paxton. Uh, yeah, he's really good in that. Like he's he's toning it down in that movie. Like I don't think I I had seen him up to this point. Yeah, right? the, the he's only always. Thing- goofy or over the top the only thing a little bill paxtony is when he when when tom hanks asks him if he's hungry and he goes i could eat the ass out of a dead rhinoceros <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, i hope to god that that's actually what he said because otherwise why would you write that dialogue yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> He also uh, uh, flushes his pee and looks out the window and says, "The constellation of urine." <laughs> He's like, now "That's a beautiful sight." <laughs> Gross. Uh, no kidding. Um, a movie that I have championed on this podcast, "The Last Supper." Yeah, he is, he is the first victim in "The Last Supper." There's a movie about. Uh, a bunch of liberals who uh, are tired of just saying things and not getting anything accomplished. They accidentally kill this guy because he's kind of, uh, he's a, he's a little, he's a, I think he's an outlaw or he's a, he's a escaped convict or something or somebody who's dangerous anyway, who comes over and um, comes over to their house and they, he has dinner and then, uh, then it starts getting a little bit, uh, I don't know. It get, the The discussion is uh, the discussion starts going off the rails, and uh, he uh, th- uh, threatens. You don't know if he's joking or not. He threatens one of them, and he ends up he ends up dead. And then they all decide as a group to start killing people who have different views from them. Uh, so it's a it, the Last Supper has a ton of cameos in it, like Jason mm-hmm. Alexander, Charles Durning um there's a just a bunch of people in that movie but uh, the last supper is great if you can get your hands on that i would definitely recommend that uh, i feel like that movie could be made today i think uh i think that would be a, a lot more exposure i think if it came out today than oh, it did for sure it'd be 95. like the hunt, you know the hunt yeah 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 would have got a lot of visibility because of uh the times we live in uh his next one is twister uh he is uh you know i mean yeah joe let it go joe (laughs) oh twister's so bad (laughs) it is right i mean it's got everything going for it it's got alan hottenham and fucking philip seymour hoffman and uh the old lady and uh fucking (laughs) Uh, Carrie Ewells and uh, and the the effects are great uh, for the time and it was exciting to watch in a theater it was awesome to watch in a theater but man it's not good let's make sure that everybody knows it's Carrie Elways it's not Ewells Um, but uh, but yeah uh, 
Twister is bad. Twister is really, really bad. Uh, it has one of the best trailers ever, though. Yeah, for sure. The teaser trailer for Twister is what really got everybody excited about it because it, you know, it was one of those where like stuff was like the the screen would go black and everything would go silent and then it would come back up and there would be all sorts of stuff going on on the screen and then go black, no silent, you know, and it, and it, and it would do stuff like that. And everybody wanted to see Twister, and then Twister comes out, and it's like, oh, oh, oh. A lot of people like it, obviously, but it's not. It's not. It's not good. Um, the Evening Star was the uh, sequel to uh, Terms of Endearment. I never saw it. <laughs> right. I wonder if he plays an astronaut. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Could be. Um, Have you seen it, Jeremy? Yes, just a snooze fest, just a cash grab snooze fest. I hated it. Yeah, weird, weird cash grab though, right? Like terms of endearment. <laughs> I want to get in on that terms of endearment money. Yeah, thirteen years later, and uh, I don't know. Um, and then there is uh, Titanic, which is you know. Uh, was that the last one he did with Cameron? Because he didn't do Avatar, I don't think, did he? No, I think, yeah, I think that was it. That was the last uh, one. Titanic, he is one of the people searching for the, uh, you know, the blue heart that, you know, Gloria Stewart throws into the ocean at the end. He's, He's uh, great in that. Yeah. He, that's another, like, toned down performance. Obviously, the character isn't over the top, but, like, there's no Paxtonisms in there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's just, you know, he, he plays a very, very straightforward and it's good. Yeah. Do yeah. we, hey, real quick, do we like Titanic anymore? Did we ever oh, like Titanic? I like Twister more than I like Titanic. Hmm. Oh, that's a bold statement, my friend. <clears throat> They're both, they, are, they both have very cloying scripts that are like nails on a chalkboard to me. I, uh, <laughs> the effects are far better in Titanic, yeah. but the script is not. Yeah. Um, I, I, I liked Titanic the first time I saw it. I went back the very next night to watch it again. It was a spectacle. I had never seen anything like it. But when you step back from that spectacle, that that those characters are paper, man. It's just, I hate it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a point. You got a point. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen Titanic since we send it, but I don't know. I like Titanic better than Twister. Um, You're so stupid, Rose. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, why did you do that, Rose? <laughs> uh there's a there's a moment in titanic that i really like i just like that that part where where uh she after she lets jack die um she um uh gets that whistle and and uh and you know blows the whistle to, so that she'll get saved and everything that part always i always like that part of titanic. i like how you just casually said she lets jack die but yeah, yeah she I was, does i was pausing because i was expecting you guys to laugh but you guys didn't think it was funny <laughs> Sorry. Um, and, she kills uh, that motherfucker. Yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, then uh, a simple plan. Sam Raimi's mm. plan. Talk about a simple plan, guys. I'm supposed to get the farm. <laughs> I'm supposed to get the farm. Uh, yeah, it may be my favorite Sam Raimi movie, and I know there's a lot of people that just shriek and 
terror because of you know, all the other shit he's made. But man, it's just so fucking good. Everyone is perfectly cast. The pacing is perfect. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, the decisions they make uh, seem extreme in many ways, but they all kind of make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you still find yourself rooting for these people even after they fucking murder the dude. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's really good. The, the best scene is probably stolen by that third actor who I think we talked about recently in the character actors. Um, oh, Brent where they, Briscoe? Briscoe? Yeah, where they try and trick him into admitting that he did the deed by play acting and he realizes what's going on. It's fantastic. I love this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I th- I'm trying to think of if I have this on Blu-ray or not, I haven't seen it in forever and uh, maybe need to get a Blu-ray of this. Um, he was also in mighty Joe young. That, that movie sucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, not good. Uh, that's uh, Charlie Theron. Uh, uh yeah, yeah, I, th- that movie was that movie was terrible. They tried to make uh, Disney tried to make a lot of these kind of movies back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, U five seven one. I don't remember too much about that one. I know McConaughey is in it, um, but I, I don't remember him. Do you remember U five? Oh, he's in that too. So he's in Frailty. Wow, there's there's a lot of overlap with uh, Paxton's career. Yeah, I uh, saw U five seven one one time um, uh, because I built it and. Uh, had to watch it i don't mm-hmm. remember thinking it was all that great of an entry into the submarine thriller genre i agree and that is not a movie that you want to go and order a ticket for when you're drunk uh which is which is what i did <laughs> i agree up to the and i was like one for you f- fuck you five you you five mm-hmm. <laughs> i couldn't get nice. the number out it's like uh, they knew what you were asking for. Like when <laughs> yeah, I, was, I think I think so. I think I've talked about this before, but I remember in New York we had a movie called The Last Memsey and another one called Meet the Robinsons. And this woman came up and said, "Meet the Memsey." So, like there was no way of really knowing what she wanted. <laughs> you just broke my brain. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and you had to, you had to go meet the Robinsons or the last Mimsy. And then you had to look up at the marquee and like, Oh no, Oh no. Um, vertical limit. I know, I know Jeremy's seen this probably 40 times. No, I've only seen it like 10. Oh, um, this no, is Chris, I, uh, Chris O'Donnell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, I actually have only seen it a couple times and, uh, okay. it's not good. I, you don't like it? No. No. Oh, oh, I, I, no. I, I like this movie. I thought it was. That's fun. okay. I just got done gushing over Ed TV. You can like something. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It was. It was a really good uh, theatrical experience. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's dated by today's standards, but there was a lot of like you know tense stuff. It wasn't cliffhanger or anything like that, but it was better than the day after tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just thinking of where people go through ice and stuff um the next one on the list is frailty bill paxton directed this movie as well um Mm, this is the one right here this is it this is this is so good i remember i remember like the first time i watched this i was just laughing at bill paxton throughout this whole thing it was just a funny performance to me i don't know you sometimes an actor has all of his previous work sort of uh sort of uh in like i don't know gets mixed up into the, the performance you're watching so yeah. you're thinking of chet and you're thinking of him in aliens and all this and 
I wonder what the gloves are for and all that type of stuff. <laughs> having watched frailty again, I think it was like last year or two years ago. Um, uh, it was a different experience. Uh, I really, really, really like this movie a lot. This is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely great. Uh, and a, another, uh, powers booth, uh, yeah. uh, and another McConaughey crossover. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's dark, dark. It is dark. And it's been a while since I've seen it, but do we have a resolution at the end of this? Um, yeah, it's real. Right? I, I, I just assumed it was real the whole time. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember it, thinking there was some doubt about it, but yeah, I think you're right. It, it does come out and say, no, this actually, cause it's about possession right yeah he's yeah it's about like destroying people who actually are demons and the whole actually right, but my right. recollection the movie makes you think he's crazy yeah right yeah, yeah and yeah. then yeah. at the like, end reveals perspective oh, yeah and then at the end it's like no nope, he was right all along yeah, yeah. It, the, the, the beginning part of this is you don't know because it's from a child's perspective and you know bill paxton does seem a little crazy in this movie He's like, we're killing demons. He's bringing people home and killing them in the old like uh, bomb shelter or whatever the hell it is. And like, uh, and then like Matthew McConaughey, uh, gets, uh, is he arrested? I can't remember what it is. He turns uh, himself in to powers himself, booth. I think turns himself in and he is talking to them and, and, uh, and, uh, is talking about, you know, how, you know, um, is he, is he talking throughout the whole movie? Is this a whole yeah, thing? Yeah, he's, he's uh, basically the, the move, the Paxton stuff is a flashback and, and McConaughey is sort of narrating or telling him the whole story. Mm-hmm. And then the twist at the end is boom, bomb. Bang. Right, right. Oh, it's so good. Such a good movie. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, and I, I feel bad that the first time I watched it, I thought it was kind of weird, but you know, this one, this was, this was really good. He shows up in Spy Kids too. I don't, okay. I, yeah, I don't know. He's in a Frasier episode. You remember his Frasier episode, Jeremy? No, because uh, f- what Frasier did was every call into the station on any episode uh, was always a stealth famous person, uh, <laughs> and so uh, you rarely recognize the voice when you're in the middle of an episode, and then the credits roll, and it's like David Duchovny and <laughs> <laughs> Bill Paxton. And- <laughs> Anyway, um, so he was just a caller on one of those episodes. Okay. Uh, He was also in Spy Kids 3D. And then he was in Club Dread where he plays Coconut Pete. Uh, (laughs) And he's a guy who has made it. He made a song called Pina Colada Berg that he he believes that. what's the fucking name jimmy uh, buffett jimmy buffett stole um <laughs> as margaritaville uh and, and he, he's like people are like uh uh i'm gonna play my my hit pina colada burke and people are like don't you mean margaritaville no i mean pina colada burke <laughs> um, uh, club dread is is uh i remember like when i first watched it and you know super troopers was 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 a fun movie and then the club dread came out and i was like oh, i don't really like this all that much now i love club Dread. really really so i should go back and watch that yeah it's it's so it's so silly and fun those the broken lizard movies are always like that i feel yeah like. when you first watch them you're like oh this is so dumb and then you watch it again and there's always like something there's like little pieces in there that add up to a like oh this is actually a pretty good experience overall all right all right 
Yeah, I've seen. I think I've seen it a couple times and just couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll give it another shot. Uh, did anybody see Thunderbirds? Jonathan Frakes directed it. Um, no, but um, I haven't ever heard a good thing about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was four, it's got a four point three on the IMDb. I'm sure it's bad. Uh, the next big thing that I see on his list is Big Love, which is a series I think I've seen like two episodes of. I've heard it's like one of those all timers. I just haven't I haven't sat down to watch all of it. I don't think I would say it's up there with the Sopranos, but it's probably just a notch below. Um, I would put it on. Did you ever see Six Feet Under? Uh, oh yeah, same same. I would put it deal. Oh, okay, I would put it on the same level as that show, mm-hmm. um, where it's it's. It's greatness, but not every episode is greatness. Um, and there's some filler, but uh, he is fantastic in that show. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, Haywire, Barrett. I know you're a big Haywire person. I love this movie, man. <laughs> Funny going back to it with Gina Carano, given her you know recent history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, at the time, we had no idea that she was you know horrible. And, uh, we knew she was a horrible actress, but, um, but everybody around her, man, fucking Fassbender's in this, Ewan McGregor's in this, Bill Paxton is in this, uh, and Soderbergh of course directed it. And the action is incredible. Oh, uh, Tanning, uh, Channing, I didn't do that on purpose. Channing Tatum, mm-hmm. uh, is in this and man, it's good. She's a, uh, soldier CIA type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot better than uh than you would expect and a lot of it has to do with the uh the supporting cast around it. i mean that's that's heavy heavy hitters man mm-hmm. fucking fassbender mcgregor uh channing tatum and uh bill paxton yeah this movie is fun yeah i haven't seen haywire since it came out so i uh i don't remember him and i remember some pretty good action though in it um two guns i've seen the movie i don't remember too much about it though Oh, hang on. Is that Denzel? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, Marky Mark, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I never saw that. Is that any good, Jeremy? Um. Yeah, it's watchable. I mean, I, here's the thing. I was just talking about this with Patrick the other day. That uh, Denzel makes anything watchable. Um, <laughs> he can elevate, like even a shitty Denzel movie is watchable. Uh, I saw it once. I don't remember anything about it, but I remember thinking, oh, okay. yeah it kind of came and went i think oh yeah um he was in million dollar arm movie where john ham goes and uh, scouts uh cricket players this movie is good this movie is good oh yeah i have okay so i I made a tweet years ago about uh sports movies oh the rookie when i was trying to get you to watch the rookie chris a couple years ago Yeah, yeah yeah um i tweeted something about it being an underrated baseball gem and dicer said a uh, million dollar arm. And so I went and checked it out and I really liked it. Forgot all about it. Like five weeks ago, flipping channels. It was on, watched it again. Really good, like solid. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's really funny in it. He's uh, basically a pitching coach. And John Hamm brings him these two guys uh, who have the absolute most bonkers wind ups and pitching motions you've ever seen in your life and mm-hmm. basically says, fix them. Uh, <clears throat> so it's a good, don't sleep on that movie. It's All good. right. Well, I guess I'll have to watch that one uh, next time I get a chance. Yeah. Um, and John Hamm is really good. Um, then Edge of Tomorrow, he played this character that he plays in Edge of Tomorrow is so much fun, uh, given mm, the, movie the movie format. What's that? 
I think he steals the movie. Oh yeah. He may very well, he may very well do that for sure. Um, uh, it, the, I don't know. It, it, it's one of the fun, it's so fun to see him. It's like, he, uh, it, it's never an unwelcome sight to see Bill Paxton in edge of tomorrow. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, just, he, he seems to always find that, that, that whole monologue the first time. And then just like all the differences that happen later and everything. Oh, he's so funny in that movie. Um, in nightcrawler, he is, uh, one of the, he is one of the ambulance chaser reporter guys that Jake Gyllenhaal is he's trying. Jake Gyllenhaal is trying to be this guy actually beat this guy. Uh, mm-hmm. throughout the movie um and uh and uh, this guy that uh, paxton plays is always uh, sort of uh you know uh, knocking gyllenhaal down and everything and and uh gyllenhaal of course you know by the end of the movie is is has uh uh turned the tables on him but uh he that that's a that's a He's almost playing uh, Carrie Elway's from Twister in this, because mm-hmm. uh, he's uh, but he's doing it in a what you would say is a more legitimate fashion, where he's actually hearing radio uh, stuff and and trying to he gets there as fast as he can, and he's usually the first one. But Jill and Hall starts going like way over the top in that movie. Nightcrawler's fan, fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. um there isn't much that i recognize after this he's in the circle i never yeah, saw is. that yeah oh oh yeah <laughs> i like the circle it's got people oh, in it it's got a lot of people in it oh, mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. no 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 it's good all right emma watson eller coltrane from boyhood glenn glenn Headley, who we may get to later on uh bill paxton karen gillen tommy hanks beck nate cordry and john boyega and it's not great but it's watchable and then he was in the the tv series training day based on the movie uh and i believe it was mainly because of his death um that should that show didn't continue afterwards i I don't know try to continue without him i don't think it did did it i don't know i know that he died like while not while filming but during uh the filming process i think yeah, uh, he died on February 25th, 2017, a stroke following an aortic aneurysm repair and bicuspid aortic valve replacement surgery. All right, everybody, it is time to talk about better help. Yes, it is. You know, we talk a lot about um, how better help uh, helps provide counseling, online counseling for individuals. So you go in there and you get matched to your counselor licensed professional counselor um, and you can do video chats and you can do text chats and you can uh, message back and forth. But it also has links to not only uh, teen counseling uh, through their service, but also with couples counseling. Um, I was reading uh, an article um, from one of the major publications about how um, intimacy between couples over the pandemic has gone down, uh, specifically sex. And not to be salacious about it, but it it seems like, you know, that sort of disconnect, which is weird because you think if you're closer together and spending more time with each other, you'd be closer. Uh, But it's having the opposite effect, uh, according to that study. So if you are uh, thinking about, hey, you know, I need to improve my relationship and and work on some of that stuff. 
go to betterhelp.com and they've got on the front page, they've got individual for myself. We've got couples for me and my partner and teen for my child. Um, and it's, it's something I haven't personally explored, um, but it is something that's available and it's the same platform as the individual one that I have used for, you know, well over a year now. And man, I cannot extol the virtues of BetterHelp more, uh, especially in these times, even though we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel in, uh, in terms of the pandemic, this is the time to seek counseling if you feel like you need it. Yeah, and uh, I want to go back to one of my favorite points that I don't think I've hit in a while, which is that, you know, uh, bring your bring your emotional baggage. <laughs> um, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're supposed to leave that behind when you typically talk to people. You're going to, you know, get out of it what you put into it. Um, and so if you are <clears throat> not willing to be open with your therapist about, you know, what it is you're feeling – um, then, you know, you're not going to feel like therapy is really helping you all that much. And, you know, I just wanted to remind you that it's not a magic thing. It's not, you're not going to a tarot card reader where they're going to flip over some cards and suddenly you're fine. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How, that's, that's how I imagine. I tarot that's how tarot card cards <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So please bring some of that emotional baggage to your therapy and be ready to dive into it uh, because you can get better. And that's what they're there for. I mean, it it, it seems it's a weird process, um, at least for me it was, to really open up and be like, hey, here's honestly what I'm going through. Because typically you don't do that with people, especially people that you don't know. But uh, when you sign up at BetterHelp, uh, they match you to a counselor. If you do need to change counselors, obviously give it a shot. But if you do, it's easy to do on that platform. It's all online from the comfort of your own home, uh, phone, tablet, computer, whatever you need to do uh, to check in with your counselor. Go to betterhelp.com slash syncast to get 10% off your first month, which you should be diving straight in uh, in your first month. And uh, like Jeremy said, just be honest, bring all that stuff and dump it on your counselor because that's what they're there for. So go to betterhelp.com slash syncast. 10% off your first month. If you feel like you need any sort of mental health counseling, this is your time. Stop it right now. Stop Stop it. You stop it right now. Stop this right now. And you sign up. And thank us later. Go to betterhelp.com slash syncast. The next one on the list is Jerry Lewis. Um, Now, I don't know if I have too many Jerry Lewis on my list here. Uh, I saw Mm. the original Nutty Professor. Um. So that's one of his older movies that I, that I definitely remember. Uh, any older movies from you guys that, you know, for Jerry Lewis? Yeah. I used to watch, uh, my, my grandmother was a big fan of Martin and Lewis and, uh, and his earlier stuff like Nutty Professor, uh, Cinderfell of the Bellboy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to watch those a lot when I was, a uh, when I was a kid mm-hmm. and he's hilarious, man. I mean, people, not to be Quentin Tarantino here, but like people, don't understand what a comedic force he was because, you know, people our age know him mostly from the, uh, the telethon mm-hmm. and from, uh, you know, maybe a King of comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, he, he was a comic genius and he had to go to fucking France to get respect. Yeah. Yeah. Now I am Quentin Tarantino. Um, <laughs> and, and you've mentioned the King of comedy. That's the, that's the first credit I recognize after the nutty professor. 
Yeah. Um, uh, and, and he is, he's great in that. Um, he's, he's playing, you know, for those of you familiar with Joker, yeah. uh, he is, he's playing the, uh, the, the host that De Niro is stalking throughout the movie. De Niro wants to be on his show, his talk show. And Jerry Lewis is, uh, is like a hundred percent not funny in this movie. Like he's, he's, he's a serious mm. dude. He may be funny on TV, I guess, but he's not, he's not, uh, funny outside of it. And he's kind of, I think if I remember, he's a little cantankerous in this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, and, uh, he's, he's very much like the De Niro character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in Joker, of course. In Joker. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but he's, he is great in that movie. Um, uh, and I, I imagine a lot of you who had not heard of the King of comedy heard about it when Joker came out, but if you haven't seen it, that's a great Scorsese movie. It's oh, a lot better than Joker. <laughs> yes, it is. Fuck of a lot better than Joker. Uh, after that, maybe you saw Mr. Saturday night. He plays himself. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, d- does he, does he play himself and he's a cameo in that movie? Uh, oh, I don't know. I saw it once and it bored me to tears. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was Billy Crystal, wasn't it? Yeah. Billy Crystal. Yeah. That's a oh, movie. Billy that- Crystal directed that movie. Mm-hmm. It was Billy he Crystal did. in heavy makeup, like remembering his life as basically a fictional Jerry Lewis. And I yeah. think Jerry Lewis does have a cameo, but I, I don't remember. I just remember I hated it. Yeah. Um, uh, of course he has a, has an episode of the Simpsons where he plays professor John Frank senior. Uh, cause, <laughs> cause of course John Frank is based off of the nutty professor, but, um, that is, that's it for Jerry Lewis that I know of. And I, and I, and man, I feel like I feel really bad about that. Um, yeah, there's a big hole, gaping void in my movie experience uh, with his career. Going to sure. have to catch up on some of those. He died August 20th, 2017 at the age of 91. Yeah, man. And he was doing that telethon, I think, up until at least the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I think the telethon yeah. uh, is still going on on Labor Day. Yeah. Uh, and, and God bless him. I mean, yeah, he, he became kind of a punchline for doing that, but he raised a lot of money and uh, good for him. Yeah. The next one on the list is John Hurt, legend. Oh man. Yeah. Um this guy has 209 credits on the IMDb. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> I'm going to let's see where he let me see where I can find my first John Hurt that I've seen here. A lot of TV at the beginning. Man for All Seasons, 1966. Mm-hmm. Barrett, are you are you familiar with that movie? I have seen that movie. And in fact, I was in the play as a bit player in high school. Yeah. Um, and, and it's delightful. It's, uh, it's, uh, fucking, fucking the guy. It's the, the fucking, uh, Thomas Moore, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the Henry, uh, King Henry. Yeah. 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 He, he's doing things and I, I don't he's remember doing stuff. Hey, it's Bart and he's doing stuff. Um, <laughs> Uh, the next one that I see there's, I'm probably skipping over some that are just like, Oh my God, how have you not seen that? Um, the next one I recognize, God, it's been a while. Midnight express. 1978. Uh, that was, uh, Alan Parker directing an Oliver Stone movie. I haven't seen midnight express in forever. Was he, who was he in midnight express? I don't remember. Uh, that's the one where they uh, are in a Turkish prison, right? Yes. 
he was a voice in Watership Down. He was also the voice of Aragorn in the Lord of the Rings animated uh, movie. What's uh, that uh, classic? Uh, bath, what is it? Rankin uh, Bass. Rankin Bass. Thank you. Uh, I never saw that. I saw the Hobbit one, but I didn't see the Lord of the Rings. What is this? I don't see Rankin and Bass on this one, unfortunately. Oh, maybe the maybe, uh, maybe Rankin and Bass was the Hobbit, and then somebody else remembered. was Lord of the Rings. I don't know. The then you have Alien. Alien, of course, Ooh. is he's got the most famous scene in the movie. Um, he does. He's awesome in that. Yeah. Everybody's awesome in that man. Fucking. Ian Holm is awesome in that. Scorny Weaver, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's so good in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Alien, the most famous scene, the chest bursting scene. And uh, um, yeah, so uh, Alien is great. Uh, the Elephant Man comes up next. That's uh, mm. uh, uh, Is that David probably Lynch. his signature role, do you think? I'd say 1984 is his signature role. Mm. Mm, I don't mm. know. I don't know. Elephant, Elephant Man has got to be up there. Um, uh, I mean, you know, I am not an animal. I am a human being. Um, <laughs> Who's his uh, his guy? Is it Anthony Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's forever. This is early David Lynch, right? Yeah, early David Lynch. Uh, uh, and Bancroft in this movie. John Gielgud. Um, a lot of like... Gielgud. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, Heaven's Gate. Has anybody ever seen Heaven's Gate? No, I just know it's you know one of the the big cautionary tales in Hollywood. Yeah, this is the, my, the Heaven's Gate is the uh, is it was one of the first uh, known like big movie disaster where the budget was too high and it didn't make any money. And uh, Michael Camino made this after uh, The Deer Hunter, and uh, and uh, it was a it was a huge flop. Uh, he is Jesus in history of the world. Part one. I haven't seen that in forever. Do you remember that at all Barrett? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, we were talking about Mel Brooks movie. Oh, with Gene Wilder last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is an underrated, uh, Mel Brooks movie. Now it's, Mm -hmm. it, as Chris mentioned last week too, it's very segmenty. It's very like Amazon women on the moon or Kentucky fried movie. Uh, but it's Mel Brooks segmenty, mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny. It's funny, and I don't know the background of this. I don't know if he was literally thinking about making more of these, uh, or if it was just a play on, "Hey, we're going to do the f- the the part one of the entire universe's you know birth and everything." Mm-hmm. But it's funny. I think uh, Madeline Kahn is in this one too. Um, he's uh, oh yeah, that's right. She plays a. Uh, emperor emperor's wife and her name is nympho <laughs> oh yeah 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 uh, uh gregory hines is in this mill brooks is in virtually all the segments uh it's funny you should check it out uh then the next one that i recognize is, is 1984 um mm. uh yeah he's great in this he's winston smith um uh he's a guy who that he's I think he blacks out stuff in reviews or criticisms and newspapers or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, that's, and I think that's sort of, he's playing sort of a, a thought police, uh, kind of guy or he's in that, he's in that division, uh, uh, whatever. But, uh, you know, he, he tries to sneak off and have sex with one of the women who are in the same, well, I don't know if she's in the same department or what. 
but uh, he falls in love with a woman and, and they, they think that they're getting away with it. And of course, you know, big brother is always watching. Um, can I just say something real quick? No, uh, no. Can, can people start, stop referring to either political party as Orwellian or Twitter <laughs> as Orwellian? Yeah. I because, would. because you're not, you, you're not mm. using it right. You're not. <laughs> mm. It's not Orwellian, you dipshits. <laughs> can we go back to Dickensian? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's take it back to Dickensian. Ah, uh, those halcyon days where things were Dickensian. <laughs> or we could go way back to Shakespearean if we really need to. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, though? Like, everybody's like, oh, oh well, yeah. Trump was in there, it's Orwellian. When yeah, uh, Biden's in there, it's Orwellian. Uh, it's just a big word that they think people don't know what it means, and they're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, 1984 is is required reading and viewing. Um, uh, was it Michael? Yeah, Michael Radford was uh, directed directed this. Um, but, uh, yeah, watch that. He's awesome in that. That's, uh, that's definitely a signature performance. Uh, the next one that I recognize is Spaceballs, but he shows up very briefly to recreate the alien uh, scene in that one. Uh, it is one of the funniest scenes of the movie, though. Um, it's at the very end. It's before they go back to Druidia. They're at that bar, and and John Candy and Bill Pullman are about to uh, have a meal or whatever. And just a, just a sort of a like aside, they go over, and John Hurt starts having he has the chest burst thing except this time it's like it's the alien but it's doing the the frog the the wb frog thing as it I, man i watched this movie i was 10 years old i saw this in theaters and god i was dying laughing <laughs> hello my baby hello, 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 girl. he goes uh, after he, he pops out of his chest he's like not again <laughs> not again um the next one I recognize, and you guys, if you're scrolling through with me, if you notice something, go ahead and stop me. But the next one I recognize is Scandal. Um, and Ooh. God, I, I haven't seen that movie in forever, so I don't remember too much about it. I remember uh, I remember the, the cover because Joanne Wally Kilmer, I believe, is it Joanne? Yeah, Joanne Wally is on it. And she's looking. Fetching. She's she all naked. She, yeah, she's fetching. But I don't remember much about that movie. Um, I don't uh, know. Past that, you have uh, was it the field? The field had uh, the field was Richard Harris. I never saw this. Jim Sheridan directed it. Uh, Sean Bean's in it. Imagine a very mm. young Sean Bean. I bet he uh, dies. I bet he dies. I saw something recently where Sean Bean shows up and he dies. <laughs> It's just, I was like, I was like, he's, he's going to show up just to die in this movie, isn't he? And sure enough, <laughs> that's what happened. Hey, we get a chance to talk about even cowgirls get the blues again. Hey, no exception to the rules. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, hey, can I, can I say though, uh, you, you, there's one in between there, King Ralph. Okay, go ahead. Oh Jesus! Still I have a lot of affection for this movie. Okay, this is uh, you know, it's John. I actually kind of watched this uh, uh, a little bit uh, recently. Uh, John Goodman is in his leading man days, if you can believe that, uh, yeah. in 1991. Mm-hmm. And fucking Peter O'Toole is in this movie, and John Hurt, 
and it's 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 funny it's funny he's like a dude <laughs> from from brooklyn or whatever and he's the entire royal family gets wiped out in a photo accident because they're hit by lightning and he's the next in line and he's just a regular dude but he has to conform to the the the, the norms and values of the royal family and it's charming <laughs> and it's charming and john hurt is like the the fucking uh the fucking uh the fucking uh yeah, the Solieri, like he's he's the he's the Peter Gallagher and Mr. Deeds. <laughs> yes, just like yes. <laughs> he wants to subvert Ralph's reign. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to talk anymore about this movie. Okay, you guys probably saw this movie, but I didn't. A lot of people thought this was better than Braveheart. Rob Roy, 1995. Oh shit! You didn't see this movie? I didn't. Um. Um, I, I have strong negative feelings about this movie. Okay. Uh, I think, why? Because of a completely unnecessary graphic rape scene. Yeah. Um, The Tim Roth thing with uh, Jessica Lange. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you want to tell me something happened, there are ways to do that. This is, I'm not going to make any accusations as to the intent, but it's, uh, it's one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've ever seen in my life. And it felt way over the top. Yeah. 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 You're right. Um, I, I do like this movie. I don't think it's better than what you compare it to Braveheart, uh, Chris. Yeah, Cause, both, cause the they both came around. It came around. The yeah. Same. And it's, it's in Scotland and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you're right, Jeremy, the rest of the movie I think is good. Tim Roth is like, Aside from that scene, that unnecessary scene, he's like a sinister great villain. And I'll spoil this movie. He gets like fucking cut in half at the end of this movie. Like he gets mm. split down the middle of Rob's sword. G- cuts him down the middle. It's fucked up. Mm. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> but yeah, John Hurd is in this. Is, um, I can't remember his character. Uh, and Eric Stoltz is in this. It's a it's a good movie, but Jeremy's completely oh. right about the that scene. Ah, uh, Scottish Eric Stoltz. Mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's better than Scottish uh, uh, Mel Gibson. Um, Barrett can also probably talk to us about his role in Dead Man. Uh, oh yeah, I haven't Man, seen that movie, movie gets- in forever. So yeah. You 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 uh, you tell us what's going it on. It gets better every time I watch it. It's really a meditation on. On dying, man, and, and yeah, the the title gives it away, and it's Johnny Depp at the kind of the height of his career and everything. But um, it's Jim Jarmusch, and what happens is, uh, so John Hurt plays like his evil boss that that I don't think he even hires him. He he tells him to get the fuck out, mm-hmm. um, and then Johnny Depp goes home with the uh, his character's name is William Blake. He goes home with the prostitute, uh, prostitutes pimp or boyfriend or whatever comes in and shoots her. Uh, but the bullet goes into him and he wanders out in the wilderness. Uh, the uh, uh, a Native American uh, person takes out, basically tells him that he's going to die. The bullet is too close to his heart. And the rest of the movie, I mean, that's the first 15 minutes or so. The rest of the movie is him uh, ushering him to death. Mm. And you think, oh, well, there's no way the protagonist is going to die. No, it's a meditation on, you know, letting things go. And it's a spectacular movie. Um, I would recommend it to anyone. 
Yeah, I saw it back in probably 1997 or 8 or something like that. I saw it on video. Mm. I haven't seen it since. Um, he was in Wild Bill, Walter Hill's uh, movie. I'm, I don't remember too much about Wild Bill, um, but I do remember the movie. Uh, Love and Death in Long Island. Has anybody seen that? Mm-mm. I think that's a... Uh, trying to remember that seemed to be a a big one for him but i've never seen it um and then there's contact um yeah he plays sr Haddon, and he plays and there's a there's a scene in contact that as a uh, movie theater projectionist waiting for that movie to get out every night you know it was like a 10 15 show or something uh so it was always the latest one it was you know 10 15 and then it would play for two and a half hours or whatever so a lot of times i found myself watching contact and he's got that great scene where they they he tells jody foster that there's a second uh time traveling thing or space traveling thing or whatever and um and he's up in he's up on mir when he tells him tells her the the uh the news and and uh it's like they still want an american to go do you want to take a ride? And, uh, <laughs> I love that scene so much. I say that to my wife every time we go to pick up food. You want to take a ride? <laughs> He's got a great line right before that. That comes actually. I'm staring at the book. Uh, it comes directly out of the book. Uh, he goes. He shows her the the new machine, and he's like, "Why buy one when you can get two for twice the price?" Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. Um, then there's a, a, a few that I remember the title of, but I don't. I don't remember too much about. It. Lost Souls was one that I remember. Mm. That movie was not very good. Uh, one of the uh, biggest punchline movies of all time, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Oh God, uh, he was in that Jesus. Uh, fucking movie. That's uh, Nick Cage, right? Yeah, yes. Cruz. Fuck that movie. He's a he's a captain and he's got a mandolin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the movie. Yeah. It's really short. Uh he is uh <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he is Mr. Ollivander in Harry Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. Um uh, he's great in that. What a nice what a nice part for him. Yeah. He's perfect in that. For sure. Have you guys ever seen Owning Mahoney? I have. Oh, he's great in owning Mahoney, and this is Philip uh, Seymour Hoffman as well, and it's fucking. Yeah, great. that's what that's all I remember uh, from the movie is thinking that Philip Seymour Hoffman just killed it. Um, but uh, uh, I did see it. It was like a year or so ago. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, is a banker. This is like a Canadian banker, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's great at the Canadian accent. At least I thought he was mm-hmm. um, in this, and. Uh, and uh he takes bank money bank's money and uh goes down to like um atlantic city to bet it off uh, on craps and um and john hurt is the guy who runs the casino that he goes to and john hurt is always like trying to find ways to get to accommodate everything for this guy because this guy loses so much money in his casino and there's a lot of stuff in there where he's like trying like they're trying to um 
they there's a guy they're doing an investigation on him slightly or whatever and the guy's like t- about to tell him what he does and john hurt's like no no don't tell me what he does i don't want to know anything about this guy you know because <laughs> they because he wants to be able to keep the money uh like with you know the uh plausible deniability and everything and uh and so uh but it's just funny there's a guy in there that he keeps get trying to get him to serve um there's a, a way he likes his, uh, was it, is it ribs? He likes ribs a certain way. And he keeps getting this one guy to like serve him these kinds of ribs every time he shows up. And every time Mahoney ends up winning, he fires that guy, but then he'll rehire him later. You know, like that. Just, he, John Hurt is fantastic. You know, if you had guys haven't seen owning Mahoney, I would suggest that's a great movie. Yeah. Um, dogville he's the narrator in dogville he's the guy who's uh um yeah he's the narrator um yeah uh hellboy um god i've seen that recently and i don't even remember what he was what he played in that oh he's the uh the the the, the spook doctor <laughs> the uh the the guy who runs the the league of extraordinary creatures okay you know what i mean like he's he's uh uh doug jones's father and not Doug Jones. It's uh, David Hyde Pierce, right? Yeah. Well, I think well, it's both, both of them, right? I think. <clears throat> oh, it's not his voice. It's David Hyde Pierce's voice. Yeah, right? David Hyde yeah. Pierce is the voice and Doug Jones is the physical portion of him. And he gets killed, right? He gets killed either in this one or the, the second one. Um, and I think he, he he's the father figure to Hellboy, too. This mm-hmm. is maybe my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie. It could be. Mm-hmm. No, that's okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, he also played the narrator in Manderley, which was the sequel to Dogville. Uh, the Skeleton Key. I saw that movie. Don't remember him in it though. Oh yeah, he's the he's the uh, the pedophilias. I don't know. He's the uh, he's the guy. He's the the old guy that Gina Rollins's character is trying to save mm-hmm. by performing this voodoo thing, and that movie's fucking awesome. So good. Um, has anybody seen the proposition? Hmm, that feels like a yes, but it's got I Ray Winstone, Guy Pierce, Emily Watson. Um, I never mm. saw this, but I remember no, the I name, and he's in that movie. Mm. Uh, V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe. Let's mm-hmm. talk. Let's talk about some V for Vendetta, Jeremy. Oh Jesus! Um, I'm scared to watch this movie again in the current climate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because there's it's so many parallels, even though this this was written and the film was, came decades before our current climate, it just it feels like it just is going to hit so close to home. Um, he is fantastic in this movie. Um, he's the chancellor. He's basically seized power of, of England, and <clears throat> uh, it's a totalitarian state, and he controls all the media and. Uh, just tells the people what he wants them to know. And this is why V has uh, decided to blow up parliament and uh, lead the people in a rebellion. But every line of dialogue that John Hurt spits in this movie is like fire. Mm-hmm. Like every time they have these, they have these uh, meetings where he doesn't even meet in person with his t- top five officials. Like they see him on this giant video screen in a black room and he's just constantly barking out them 
and threatening them. And he just, I, I, I don't know the lines well enough to actually do like a Chris doing Pacino kind of impression right here. Uh, but he's chewing this dialogue up uh, and uh, having a blast uh, playing a really, really terrible evil person. And I love this movie. Yeah, he's playing basically the opposite of what he was in 1984. Um, yeah, uh, or the guy his character in 1984 would rebel against. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the guy on the screen is the guy that he plays in this. So um, it was a fun little casting that they did for V for Vendetta. In fact, he's so good in V for Vendetta that I, for a while there, I would thought he played the same character in 1984, sort of, you know, like, cause he's so good. <laughs> and it's so memorable as that character in V for Vendetta. Um, he's evil. He yes, is. he is. He is. Um, he shows up in Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull. <sighs> what a dumb movie. Yeah. It's no dumb. He is in Hellboy too. Um, and then there's the New York. I love you. He's in that. And then let's go further. Cause I know even in this upcoming decade, he's in just a ton of stuff. He's mm-hmm. in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Uh, it's weird that Ollivander, uh vanishes mm-hmm. um for for you know the the vast majority of the the Harry Potter movies because I think he's in every book yeah in one way or another uh melancholia yeah uh, mm-hmm. let's talk about some melancholia I haven't seen it in a while do you remember him in that that's the second Lars von Trier movie he's been in or I guess third yeah it might be the third um I don't remember his character in there. Because most of it is Kirsten Dunst, uh, who's getting married to Kiefer Sutherland, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the world is about to be, um, uh, you know, ended by by the moon. But no, it's a, it's not the moon. It's it's an actual it's, like yeah, other it's another planet. It's another planet. celestial being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called Melancholia, I think. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, this movie is. Uh, Maybe Lars von Trier's most accessible movie. I think I've said that before, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's f- drenched in dread mm-hmm. um, and there is no way out. Uh, they don't get saved like fucking uh, deep impact. That's true. That's true. There's nobody, uh, nobody going on the planet to drill a hole inside of it or anything like Armageddon. No, and it's not even alluded to. They're just like, well, we're fucked. Yep. <laughs> Everybody do whatever. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, okay, I'll just yeah. do whatever I want to. And some people are even getting married, uh, even though they know the world's going to end in, you know, a few days. Uh, and uh, it's, it's not, you know, a pick me up or anything like that, but it's really good. Um, I saw Tinker Taylor soldier spy. I don't remember him in that. There's a ton of people at Tinker Taylor. Yeah, Tinker there Taylor is. Um, that movie is dense, man. I have tried twice to get into that thing and I haven't finished it once. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's from those uh, John John Lacar novels that, uh, uh, from what I understand, are I guess are complex spy novels. Um, I've never I've never read any of those though. Um, then there's the movie Immortals, which I think was trying to be three hundred. Um, it's good. You like it? I hate yeah, it. Well, I mean, I've, I've got a thing for Tarzan Singh. Um, yeah. Uh, it's not as good as the cell. Uh, I really, really like the cell. Um, and, uh, what was it? The fall that had Lee pace in it. Um, I don't know. And, and that one's really good too. Uh, immortals is, is swords and sandals, but it's also more about gods. 
Um, it's got uh, uh, Superman, Henry Cavill in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's hyper-stylized, but it's not hyper-stylized like Zack Snyder did with 300. It's in a Tarsum Singh type of uh, type of way, and it's beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is is fairly well-tread, but... Um, but uh, the the visuals are spectacular. Do you remember John Hurt in it at all? Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't. Yeah, he plays a, a pretty big part in that. Uh, he's one of the uh, mortals <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> in a movie called Immortals, he's one of the mortals. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, he. Uh, I think he maybe is the father of Henry Cavill uh, and kind of like helps guide him. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it's a movie I kind of want to. Uh, check out again actually i like i like me some tarzan uh have you seen only lovers left alive no so like maybe one of the two jim jarmusch movies of it i haven't seen yeah uh then he's oh, anton yelchin's in that yeah yeah um uh he's uh also in snow piercer yeah um, do you want to take a ride? Oh wait, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is uh, who's his boyfriend in that movie? Who's who's like uh, his his uh, his lover? It's not Chris it's Evans, right? Yeah, and Snowpiercer. He has like a like a male companion. Is it the dude that gets his arm cut off, or is it Gray? I, I think it's Gray. It's the remember. the super athletic ninja kid. Jamie Bell. No, I mean the the guy that kicks all the ass until he gets murdered by the old man at the end of the, the uh, movie. I don't I don't remember this detail. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. They they they're good buds if they're not, you know, pounding it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't re- I didn't remember this at all. I don't remember any of that. Um, yeah, no, me neither. Yeah, anyway. Eric made it all up. I think I he didn't did make it up. I think he made it up. He and um, Gilliam and Gray be pound town. Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, he's in the, uh, rock, the, the rock, Dwayne, the rock Jackson, Hercules movie that came out. I never saw that. Um, <laughs> I'm all right with that. Yeah, <laughs> Not he's in that. Jackie. He plays the priest and Jackie. I actually don't remember him in that either. Um, and then after that, there's not anything that I really recognize on this, on this, uh, on this list. I'm sure that there are a few other good movies on here that we skipped, but, um, uh, John Hurt died January 25th, 2017 at the age of 77. Um, what a career. And that's, you know, that's too young uh, right. in general, but for, especially for that career, you know? Yeah. Uh, next on the list is Mary Tyler Moore. And yep, uh, she's going to make it after all. It, she is indeed. Um, Mary Tyler Moore is somebody that I... Man, I, I think I think there's going to be some people out there who are like, Chris doesn't know the Mary Tyler Moore show and doesn't know the Dick Van Dyke show and doesn't know all this and that. Yeah, unfortunately, the things that make Mary, Mary Tyler Moore a legend, I am not familiar with at all. Hmm. Um, well, I would say the Dick Van Dyke show is in contention for uh, one of the greatest sitcoms ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and when I make my top five and top 10 list, I always include this one. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, it's a combination, man. She she was going up against a guy who had all this physical comedy and all this charm. And she holds her own, like, all five seasons of that show. Uh, and not just as an actress, but you know, being funny and being quick 
Uh, and that show is a lot smarter than people think because, you know, the clip will be Dick tri- tripping over the ottoman and falling onto the carpet. But that show is sneaky smart like Frasier when they get into the writer's room where he works. Um, it's just it's so fast. You're going to miss a lot of jokes. Mm. Uh, I would I would definitely encourage you to check out a few episodes at some point um, because it's an all timer, in my opinion. It's kind of gotten a new life, uh, probably with the the references in WandaVision. Uh, yeah, I would recently. guess. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it, man. I used to watch this. My grandmother used to have videotapes of the show and I would watch it over and over and over. And Mary Tyler Moore must have been young at this point. Uh, Dick Van Dyke was kind of in his early mid career, uh, but she must have been pretty young. 25, it, it looks like, um, uh, she was 20, gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Uh, when she did Dick Van Dyke show, cause uh, she was born in 1936 tail end of 1936 and, uh, Dick Van Dyke show premiered in 1961. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, if there's a promise to be made, I will watch Dick Van Dyke show at some point to, uh, catch up with the rest of the world. Uh, <laughs> same thing for the Mary Tyler Moore show, which also, uh, uh, huge hit, uh, in the mm-hmm. uh, that I have never seen. So what do you guys know about the Mary Tyler Moore show? Oh, that, uh, it, okay. Mary Tyler Moore is where she's working at the TV or the news station, right? Yeah. And, yep. uh, yeah, it's, uh, Ed Asner is, is the, uh, the editor mm-hmm. and, uh, he's spectacular in this. Um, the, the whole room, this is Betty White was in this too, right? Uh, Ted Knight was, I think Betty White was in there. Um, and it was created by James L. Brooks. Um, and it, it, the main thing about this is that, uh, she was one of the first single women, uh, who just was cool with it and is, you know, a career woman and that kind of thing. And, uh, I think at the time it was pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I've always heard about that show. And, um, you know, again, I'll have to catch up to it. Uh, Jeremy, I don't, you- I, I haven't seen m- much of that one in particular, Okay, um, but it looks like she played this character across a shit ton of shows mm-hmm. um, cuz there's like a spin-off for Phyllis and then she's playing the same character in Rhoda which ran for 3 or 4 years mm-hmm. um, so that may be she may be more that may be her signature role is this Mary Richards from the Mary Tyler Moore show mm-hmm. yeah uh, more so than the Dick Van Dyke show yeah i guess it, i guess uh, Mary Tyler Moore show is a spin-off from Rhoda maybe or from um, Phyllis I- not not so, from Phyllis. Yes. Not from Phyllis. Actually, no. It looks Mary like Tyler Moore show came first. Yeah, it came first, and the other two came in during the the, the run. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um the first movie that you're gonna recognize Mary Tyler Moore from is Ordinary People, which I haven't seen in forever. Uh mm-hmm. she was nominated for an Oscar uh for Ordinary People, but I, I, I don't remember the movie anymore, and you cannot get this movie on Blu-ray at all. Mm. Um, this was uh wasn't this famous for winning best picture over something much more deserving yeah Yeah, raging Raging bull Bull and timothy hutton won when he was like i don't know 18 19 something like that um how old was he when he did this oh he was about yeah he was 20 when the movie came out um so yeah timothy hutton won uh, an Oscar and you know, one best picture over raging bull. And uh, I think uh, Robert Redford won best director over Scorsese. So, um, uh, it, it, that's the, that's sort of the sign of how Oscars, the Oscars worked back in the day. If a movie got a lot of momentum, 
uh, towards the end uh, where before the Oscars were to come on and everything, some movies like this would just sneak in and win. Um, it's really good. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, Donald Sutherland's really great in it. She's really great. I think she plays the matriarch of this family uh, where uh, one of their kids dies. And uh, uh, Judd Hirsch, I think, plays her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a good movie. Uh, it ain't Raging Bull, but it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's the main thing, right? It's a good movie, yeah. but it's not that. Um, did uh, okay? Do you, Jeremy? Did she play uh, a voice in Frasier, or did she show up in Frasier? Yeah, she's just another caller on Frasier. Ah, that's why that Frasier cameos, man. You got to be. You got to triple check that shit. <laughs> there are hundreds of them that, in my opinion, barely count because they probably just, you know, they didn't even know which episode they were going to be in when they recorded it. Because a lot of time those calls aren't pertinent to the plot. Yeah. Um, the uh, the next movie that I recognize is Flirting with Disaster, the David O. Russell movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember uh, her being really funny in that. Um but I haven't seen flirting in, with disaster in forever. Another movie I haven't seen in a long time. She, uh, she flashes her boobs in that movie. Oh, really? <laughs> in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it probably, I think it was in the trailer actually. Uh, she's, uh, she's talking to Ben Stiller who's playing her son. And, uh, she's like, you know, she lifts up her shirt and she's like, you know, do these look like, you know, I'm, I'm off the market because she's had her boobs done and everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this, you've seen it jeremy have you seen you've seen this right yeah I, I saw it when it came out and i saw it once again a couple of years after that I, I don't remember it very well but i know it's great it is it movie's shouty though it's it's really loud the it whole is. thing is loud they've got patricia arquette and ben stiller i think have a a uh a new a newborn um and uh they're going off to search for his birth parents and the social worker uh played by taya leone is like wildly inappropriate. I mean, she ends up, I think she and Ben Stiller end up getting together. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's everything is just dialed up to 11. Like the whole uh, the family shouts at each other when they're driving. It sounds like the car is super loud. It's just a loud movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just very loud. Yeah. After that, there's not much that you're going to recognize on there. There's a lot of revisiting some old characters and everything like that. Uh, but Mary Tyler Moore is going to be uh, remembered for those two shows mainly. And then you have ordinary people and flirting with disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Mary Tyler Moore also died January 25th, 2017. I believe that is the same day. Yeah. The same day as John Hurt died. Mm. So they wow. both die on the same day. Um, fuck that day. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, fuck that day. Fuck that day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, fucking IMDB. You're the bane of my existence sometimes. Okay. Yes. John yes. Demi, uh, he, uh, he, he's got 70 credits on his directing thing, which, you know, it's going to be a lot of like talking head shit, but, um, <laughs> um, Let's go back on Jonathan Demi, director Jonathan Demi, who uh, I think we're going to find a streak in here at some point uh, that's going to be uh, one of the best. But let's go back. Uh, 1974 Caged Heat. Barrett, tell yeah. us all about it. Yeah. Watch this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Women in prison uh, being naughty mm-hmm. and uh, showering and uh, threatening yeah. each other and right. shanking 
and uh and then there's some uncomfortable stuff but then they get back to showering and uh and mm-hmm. behaving badly and it's caged and it's hot and so there's heat there yeah there's, there's heat there mm-hmm. yeah i only um, watched uh little bits of this movie yeah yeah exactly um he started in the roger corman uh, the, you know, caged heat, crazy mama fighting mad. I believe all of those are Roger Corman affiliated. If he, if Corman isn't himself a producer on all of those, um, uh, the, the next thing that I, I think Melvin and Howard, but I never saw Melvin and Howard. Um, what else is that one? I never saw that. That seems like a one that I should know though. Um, going through this. Yes. Then there's a lot of talking heads things. Um, there's even a UB 40 thing and a new, (laughs) I Uh, would say that the, the most famous one, at least early is, uh, stop making sense. Yeah. Stop making sense. You want to talk about that one a little bit? Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, talking heads have never been my favorite band, but I like a lot of their stuff Mm -hmm. and you have to appreciate David Byrne for, the boundaries that he pushed visually and artistically and musically and, uh, stop making sense. You know, uh, what was the, uh, the band documentary that Scorsese, uh, the last waltz, mm-hmm. which I think came after this. Um, it, it's, it's in the conversation as one of the best music documentaries of all time. Um, you know, it's, it's basically a talking heads show in really the prime of their career and uh, very famous for David Byrne's outfit uh, that he wears, his suit that keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and eventually it kind of like dwarfs him uh, later on. It, the uh, and a show that I've talked about a lot, documentary now, they did a, a very faithful parody yeah. of this. Yeah, they did. Uh, that only has a few moments of like real laughter. Uh, otherwise, it's pretty much a straight up parody of this this documentary. And it's really, really good. If you like Talking Heads, if you like New Wave, if you like music documentaries, it is at the tippy top, right with the last waltz, and maybe Song Remains the Same mm. as like the top movie documentary or music documentaries. Hmm. Uh, the 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 next movie that I recognize is Something Wild, which I haven't seen in forever. I've to completely lost the memory of this movie, but mm. uh, Jeff Daniels is in it. Melanie Griffith, Ray Liotta. Um, that's the uh that that's one of the big ones did i never saw swimming to cambodia what is that that's spalding oh that's the spalding gray thing yeah yeah um did you ever see that you know i i dated a girl that was really into spalding gray back in the day and i think i read the um it's not a play it's um it's like an essay essentially uh, that it's based on. And uh, it, it's good. You know, you have to kind of be in that sort of mindset to really appreciate Spalding Gray. Yeah. Another movie, man. I've, I've seen it, but I can't. It, it, maybe all my movie watching is a fucking lie sometimes, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, why did I watch this movie only 20 years later to be like, I don't remember anything about this movie? Um, married to the mob, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Alec Baldwin. Um, yeah. Does anybody remember anything about married to the mob? Oh, um, this is my shame. I never saw this one. Oh, it's good. You guys would both like this. 
Um, well, I remember I, liking it when I saw it, but I haven't. Yeah. Um, she, uh, it's kind of weird. It, there was a few of these. This is the nineties, right? Is it the nineties or right at the end of the eighties? 1988. There was a, a lot of these like witness protection, like, uh, was it my blue heaven was, uh, one of these where Steve Martin is in witness protection with Rick Moranis. I think, um, true. and, uh, there, there was several of these movies that came out and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's on the run for, uh, uh yapping about the mob. I think is it Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin Alec is Baldwin, yeah. is one of the the mobsters, and uh, it's charming. It's you know not the greatest thing you've ever seen, but I like it. Uh, right. Probably probably the highlight of Jonathan Demme's career is The Silence of the Lambs. Um, uh, this movie has, I think, most people love this movie, but there is a strong contingent of people who really love movies who do not like this movie. Interesting. Um, what's up with that? I don't know. What's up, what's up with that? What's wrong with this movie? I, I I honestly don't know. Watch the uh, watch the Siskel and Ebert review of this. Um, Ebert loves it, and Siskel hates it, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, and 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 listen to him, and and I, I watched that review, and I was like, I I don't know where you're coming from on this, man. But you don't like it, so I don't know what to say. But, um, uh, yeah, the silence of the lambs. Uh, yeah. Great movie. It's It's outstanding. Everything about it is outstanding. Completely gripping all the way through. Um, uh, I don't, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, sending this movie was, was tough. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, the, the character of Hannibal Lecter is written so beautifully which is weird. He's a savage. Um, and as we've said before, Brian Cox, it is Brian Cox that played him in Manhunter, right? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> He's great. He's great in Manhunter. Um, but Anthony Hopkins, I don't know what happened. It's just this perfect alchemy of Thomas Hardy's character, uh, Thomas Harris's character, sorry. Um, Jonathan Demme's direction and Anthony Hopkins just deciding to inhabit this role and create one of the creepiest villains of all time. Yeah. And it's, it's glorious. And uh, Jody, did Jody Foster win an Oscar for this? She did. This one like swept the Oscars, right? It like it did. It, yeah. It killed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and she's great, but I mean, you can't get past Anthony Hopkins, even though he only has what, like, 10 minutes, uh, 12 minutes of screen time or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's in, he's in the entire movie. He is the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is the first time Demi started doing this uh, technique, but people looking directly at the camera when they're mm-hmm. acting, and yeah. it, but it's in a way that it doesn't look like they're talking to you. Like, yeah. I don't know how he does it. There's a, there's gotta be a, a little bit of a tilt uh, of some sort but it is it is arresting, and it's not just Hannibal Lecter that he does that with. He does that with mm. a lot of characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Even the even the bug guy who hits on Jodie Foster, they do that. <laughs> you know, fucking bug guy, man. Yeah, man, totally. Uh, are you are asshole. you hitting on me? Yes, I am. Yes, I uh, am. <laughs> he does it with. Uh, she doesn't speak, but the um, her compatriot, her uh, recruit uh, buddy. Like when she, oh, when yeah, she, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When she hears about the, uh, 
um, the kidnapping, the Memphis kidnapping, uh, yeah. you know, right before she runs through the hall, it's a nice close up on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fucking rad. Well, and he continues that same thing in Philadelphia, which is the next movie that comes out. Mm-hmm. This is another one that's outstanding. Uh, just absolutely great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, Tom Hanks as Andrew Beckett, uh, Denzel Washington, completely different role than what we were used to really, um, uh, back in this, back in this day. Uh, and, and one of my favorite characters of all time is this Denzel Washington playing Joe Miller. Um, Mm -hmm. Joe Miller plays a lawyer who, uh, has prejudices, but he, he takes on this case and then he learns all the way, you know, he learns throughout the process, but, uh, he's never like, he's not, he's not a completely hundred percent likable character until towards the end, maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, or at least not, at least he, his character doesn't, uh, doesn't quite make the total flip because he still does some things in this movie. You're like, Oh man, that's disappointing. But, Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's still in the, in the matter of learning and everything. And, uh, God, I love Philadelphia so much. Was this Hanks's, uh, first serious role or ser- first dramatic role? Uh, no, um, he did a movie, um, what was it called? Oh, was that where he was the soldier in Vietnam or Korea or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it came out in like the eighties. It was, yeah. um, every time we say goodbye. Oh yeah. Yeah. But nobody movie. saw that. <laughs> nobody saw that I, I saw it on cable once uh but um but yeah he had done he had done stuff like you know, like uh like drama like um and you could even say stuff like sleepless in seattle uh even though that's a romantic comedy was one of the first times we didn't really see like manic hanks because he was mm. that was his sort of his thing was uh was doing that you know he was always that I don't know, pure comic, uh, character or whatever, but then sleepless mm-hmm. in Seattle, we started to tone it down a little bit, but this is, this is certainly his first like powerhouse dramatic performance. Definitely. Mm. And he, this was his first Oscar, right? Before first Forrest Oscar. Gump. And then he won for Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Then yeah, he did a lot of Bruce Springsteen stuff. That Streets of Philadelphia video is fucking rad. And I don't even like Springsteen. I love that mm-hmm. song and I love that video. Yeah. Uh, he did the movie Beloved um, mm. that uh, Oprah Winfrey, I believe, was the was a producer and star, uh, and and uh, it was, it was Kimber- Kimberly Elise was in it, and um, D Glove, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, D Glove. Uh, <laughs> That's how we known. refer to each other, right? <laughs> um, this was a major disappointment for a lot of people, but I never saw it. It's based on a book by Toni Morrison. Um, but I, I remember this one not being well received. Did was you ever it see beloved? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I never saw it. Uh, Oprah is really good. Uh, Oprah has, is an underrated actress, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know she she's in these period. It was the color purple, color purple. A period piece. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, and of course, you know she plays a slave in this movie, um, and uh, Danny Glover is is in the same boat. Uh, so to speak. And I uh, believe it's Tandy Newton that, uh, yeah, that I think shows up as like a, um, like a ghost basically. Yeah. I think that's right. I don't know. I can't remember if that's, uh, 
I, I never saw the movie, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think she is in it. I think I remember seeing, um, seeing her, sh- uh, in the trailers even maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Danny Newton plays beloved. Ah, uh, roll credits. Is, is she, is she the, she might be the main character. Is she the main character? It's been so long. There's somebody there who, who appears to Oprah, um, uh, Oprah's character. And, yeah. uh, and basically it's, um, it's, uh, ghost Yoda. Ah, ghost Yoda. Right. <laughs> um, it's so weird when they throw in, you know, uh, people so from, wrong. They throw people from other franchises into movies like this. It's so strange. Hey, when you're Oprah, you can make that shit happen. That's true. But I never, yeah, I want you in this scene. Yeah. I never saw it. Uh, and then there's a lot of Bruce Springsteen stuff again. And then I knew a movie. This is a movie that Jeremy has had to have seen a million times. The truth yeah. about Charlie. I have seen this movie. Uh, Cause this, this movie came like right on the heels of the Italian job, mm-hmm. which is really fun and watchable um, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And uh, for some reason I thought that's eh, going to be like that. It's not, it's just a, it's kind of a bland, um, who, who do you trust kind of a thriller? And, uh, I, I don't really like it. I've it's a remake of charade. Um, I, I don't know if I've even seen charade though. Yeah. This also has Tandy Newton in it and yeah. it's got Marky Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. remember not liking this either. You're right. Italian job. If you're, if you're going between the two Italian job is the way to go. And then he remade the Manchurian candidate. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, we know Barrett liked that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Tell us, tell yeah. us about this. Cause I like the original way more. Well, I understand that. And the original, you know, objectively is better. Uh, but, uh, Leif Schreiber plays like a, a politician on the rise. Uh, he's got an evil mom, uh, played by Meryl Streep, I think. And, um, and, uh, Denzel is the, uh, is the guy that's been brainwashed and he plays it great. This, this movie is, is really, really good. Um, it seemed like it was kind of long, but it's just over two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, if you're, if you're going between the two, you should go with the Sinatra, Angela Lansbury version. But this one is very watchable, too. Uh, and then the next one that I recognize is Rachel Getting Married, uh, a movie I still haven't seen. Barrett, I know you've seen this. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I think we covered this like just recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anne Hathaway won. Was she nominated for an award? Or she, she nominated she for this one, yeah. She didn't okay. win. She is such a bitch. Oh, yeah? In this movie. Yeah. She's uh, her... Her sister's getting married. Rachel is getting married. And uh, she, she, did she just get out of jail or just out of a a psych hospital? Um, She has problems, I think, with uh, addiction issues, mental health issues. But also she's got kind of a narcissistic borderline personality disorder. And I shouldn't say that she's a bitch. she, She has issues. And she tries to make everything about her. And I think to this point, I hadn't seen everything Anne Hathaway was in, but you know, princess diaries and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, She had been the sweetheart and she had never taken like a, a villainous turn. uh, But that's what she is in this. And it's really good. It's, it's very, very watchable. Um, She's awful to her family. uh, But it's, but it's also funny. I feel like this is one of those movies that I wanted to see. And, and, uh, 
it just, for whatever reason, like it was never, I could never find a time to watch it. And by the time I had any chance, it was already out of theaters and then just, you know, sort of forgotten um, when it got on video and everything. So I need to find this movie and watch it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Did you see Ricky and the Flash? No. <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. Meryl Streep, Kevin Klein. Um, no, she's like a musician or something like that. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and uh, I, I think she left her family to do it. Uh, yeah. But uh, is this one of those where she got nominated, even though it was a critically panned movie? I mean, I'm always going to say probably on that. <laughs> um, but uh, let me see. It looked to me like the Banger Sisters, so I avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> the Banger Sisters. What is that? The Susan Sarandon movie? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Doesn't look like she got nominated for that. Oh, um, all right. Well, oh, it was. Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins, and I'm thinking about it. Thinking. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate that movie so much. <laughs> um, I didn't realize you saw it. Oh, I saw it. All right. Um, after that, I, there's not anything I really. Uh, uh, he did this Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids uh, yeah. uh, documentary. I didn't see that. Um, and then after that, there's nothing that I really uh see there but uh uh jonathan demi died on april 26 2017 and uh yeah that's the i'm trying to look at this uh this remaining list that's on here there i mean the there's this is this is something that could potentially go three episodes yeah i mean hey look we're we're talking about fun movies i mean whenever we talked about married to the mob <laughs> yeah or, I know. or rookie in the flash <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, the mean, or the Banger Sisters. Or the Banger Sisters. I mean, sisters. Jonathan Demme, you know, we don't talk about him enough. He, his peak of, you could even say, starting in Married to the Mob in Silence of the Lambs, Philadelphia, and Beloved is is up there with really anybody. Yeah, that's a yeah. good run. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty more for 2017, and uh, we will get to that in the in, in uh, future episodes. Um, all right, well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, keep going to Sincast presented by Cinema Sins on Facebook. We're also on Cinema Sins Twitter, Music Video Sins Twitter, uh, Discord. If you want to get on Discord, just private message me on Facebook and I will give you a link if you want to get on Discord. We're also on SoundCloud. Yeah. Hey, also, since it's March, uh, I want to let all y'all know it's Sin Week Month. Mm-hmm. Sin mm-hmm. Week Month, mm-hmm. the 22nd through the 26th. We are going to do a virtual sin week. You don't even have to come to Nashville. If you want to come to Nashville, come on, man. Come on. Come on. We're not going to see you. We're not going to touch you. We're not going to breathe on you. But uh, yeah, come on. Uh, otherwise, you log on. Once you sign up at patreon.com slash cinemasins, at any level, you get three bonus videos. You get like four live streams, this podcast, the Behind the Sins podcast, and some other stuff. And man... It's going to be so much fun. We love Sin Week. Sin Week's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun for sure. Um, uh, we've we the the last two that we're at. Obviously, they were in person events, but uh, uh, anytime uh, we get a chance to do some live events and uh, do some special things, we like. Uh, we we love it. We 
of doing We do. Stuff. And listen, it, 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 yes, three bonus videos. Let me tell you what those are. If you've listened to the Sincast before, and if you've made it all the way to the end of this episode, you know how much we love Bad Times at the El Royale. You know how much we love Dark City. And you definitely know how much we love The Devil's Advocate. And them shits are getting sinned. Mm-hmm. Only, only for Sin Club members. So go to Patreon, do your cinema sins, and sign up if you haven't already. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Um, well, is what it, he did it, is he remastered the original meme, okay. creating basically a new version. And he sold the rights to that and promised not to sell them to anybody else. And some dude paid like $600,000 for it. Oh, okay. Well, I, I thought, in fact, when I came on, I thought you were talking about the one that, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't that it was something else that somebody made that went for 6.6 6 million. Oh, gr- uh, Grimes. Was that the Grimes thing? Sold a bunch of shit in like a week for $6 million. I, and, I don't uh, know. It was. I thought it was one piece that was six point six. Oh, I might have. Uh, I might have said that misspeaking. I don't know. I may have uh, missed all those numbers. Uh, but the point is, people are paying ridiculous sums for basically digital bragging rights, and I want some of that. Yeah, let's take advantage of the stupidity. <laughs> hey, and uh, I tell you who is really good in that movie is uh, your your boy, your werewolf boy, the Joe Manganiello. Yeah. Joe Manganiello. Yeah. Is it Manganello? Mm-hmm. He was in this uh, movie that we did an interview uh, for earlier, like uh, two months ago. Oh, yeah. And where well, he, so I'm pretty he, sure he, it's Mangelabonio. Oh, you're right. Jeremy's right. I, I've been saying it wrong. Um, no, the uh, it was a movie he was in uh, two or three months ago where he... Uh, he plays this homeless guy who claims he's from another planet and he's a superhero and all that. And, um, and uh, this guy starts following him around and writing his story for one of these, you know, Brooklyn based, uh, you know, websites that are always like, gotta get the fun hip, the fun hip story about the guy who's homeless and all that. And, um, and uh, then you know the movie the movie is kind of like well is he really superhero or is he not and it's not really the point of the movie but you still mm. have that in the back of your mind like is he really a superhero i'm not sure uh, interesting and uh, sounds like k-pax <laughs> yeah it's just like k-pax <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> he was in spider-man yes he was manganella was he was the Flash Thompson bully that tried to punch Oh, him. wow. Yeah. Wow. I forgot that. He's been in uh, DC and Marvel superhero movie because mm-hmm. he's in that stinger on... Uh, he's on in Deathstroke. He's Deathstroke. I actually watched Justice League again. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? Yeah, no kidding. There's something wrong with <laughs> it. My son hadn't seen it. <laughs> so Why did, didn't you wait until the Snyder Cut came out? That's like in two weeks. I'll tell you he's, why. 
I wanted to watch. <laughs> I wanted to watch it one more time <laughs> to compare them. I don't oh. know why I did this, oh. but we were sitting around. It was like it was family movie night, and I was like, you, know, you, you go through and you're like, I can't watch that. You can't watch that." And uh, I stopped on Justice League, and you know, son was like, "Hey, I recognize all those people," and I was like, "All right, let's watch it." He loved it, and you know, my wife loved it. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, I watched Blade Runner twenty forty nine twice yesterday. Which one of us is using their time better? You watched that movie. Tw- that movie's like two and a half hours long. It was on. You know how they do on some of these channels where, like, the West Coast HBO is like doing the same thing the East Coast one did, just three hours behind. Yeah. So it got done. I found something else for a half an hour. I was flipping around again. It's coming on on a different one, and I watched it again. I mean, movies, you know, it was on while I was doing other shit, but, um, <clears throat> and, and I, I joke, spending time with your family is, you know, you're using your time wisely. I and just, meanwhile, uh, I'm marathoning it's... everything that Aaron put in that top 25 on the year end movies thing. And you guys are sitting there shame. watching justice league and blade runner. <laughs> and shit. I did do for the first time and maybe, uh, a long time. I watched three movies in one day on uh, Sunday, mm-hmm. like all the way through. Nice. Because I, I, I watched Lincoln. Yeah. Which is really good. Mm-hmm. I watched Wally's Game, which I told you guys about, mm-hmm. which really needs some editing, and it would be almost a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Grudge Match. <laughs> oh, that's that De Niro <laughs> Stallone movie? Yes. What the fuck? Oh my oh, god! Man. Hey, it was watchable. It's got your, your boy like, uh, John they, Bernthal or Barenthal, as you call him. Joe Joe Bernthal. Are you Joe Bernthal? Are you trying to stock up on warms for the podcast or what? Look, it was on. It was just getting started, and uh, Alan Alda plays the old trainer for Sly, and Kevin Hart's in there. Of course, and. He is. Uh, and uh, Bernthal and De Niro, and they're making jokes about De Niro's tits. And I was like, Did that, Aaron, I'll watch this. <laughs> they do a Raging Bull or Rocky uh, reference in that movie at all? You know what? Uh, yes, they do a Rocky reference in there, and it's so dumb. So Sly's in training with Alan Alda, and he's you know he's going around. <laughs> what? Like space Cowboys. Alan Alda. The fuck? Oh, <laughs> now Sly, I want you to make what? I didn't even realize what you were laughing at. Alan Arkin, obviously. Oh, uh, oh and, okay. Uh, I was like Alan Alda. I was like fucking hey. And all right, now Sly, I need you to go and I need you to punch that bag really hard. <laughs> Arkin, is Arkin any better though? He's so. Oh I mean, yeah. He's he's welcome. I believe him more yeah. than Alan Alda. Uh, <laughs> that would be funny. But they, he's training, and he goes into a meat locker, and he starts to punch one of the cows, and Arkin stops him. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa you're going to damage the meat," and that's the Rocky reference. And I'm sure there's a Raging oh, Bull reference you. in there somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Alda, maybe. Yeah. Hey, oh, hey, Sly, what are you doing punching that cow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two nudes bathing. Uh, an anonymous painting in the Fontainebleau school hangs in the Louvre. The mysterious pose whereby two young women sit in a bath, 
one holding the nipple of the other between finger and thumb has baffled the experts. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. here's here's something that I don't get about <laughs> the IMDb, and there's a lot, obviously, that I don't get about the IMDb. <laughs> but um, there's a I was I was looking up a movie the other day. Someone told me to to watch Allah. <laughs> on uh on movie and so i looked it up i looked up Allah, and in the plot keywords it was male frontal nudity female frontal nudity and i was like all right how that yeah all right it's cool it's that's awesome but how is that a plot keyword? That was what it was fucking with me i was just like uh you know like if you're telling somebody the story of Allah, would you be like uh yeah this is this woman who is a, a mail order bride or whatever and believe oh she gets totally naked by the way did i say that uh and uh then she does she lives her life and everything it's like you would not would you not know what the story is about if she doesn't get naked yeah yeah those plot keywords are messed up man yeah there's uh yeah there's one i just pulled up one of john hurts at, at random that's jake speed and uh, plot keywords is car crashes through a door. Yeah, I mean, fuck. I know, like, I, like I That's know up my alley. If you're, if you're like, I, I guess what they, this is the only place they could put something like this. But I imagine that there are people out there who are like, where are some other movies where a car crashes through a door? So it's good to have. <laughs> it's good to have those in there. Yeah, but like. <laughs> They need to come up with something else. They need to, I don't know. They need to call it um, aspects or something. Film aspects or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Female full frontal nudity. Yes. Bush. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. 